I ain't a quitter. I'll tell you that. No matter what it is, I'll find a way, um, you know, to, to prove myself, I guess. I wasn't able to do whatever, you know. I just took that and I ran with it. Up Basketball is proud to bring you Mental Buckets, a show about professionals in sports, the stories behind their careers, and the mental toughness needed to get to the next level. This podcast is sponsored by Up Basketball. Through basketball, we strive to develop hardworking and mentally tough individuals who understand their potential is unlimited. For more information on our basketball skills training, check out our website, upbtraining.com. And I'm Packy Turner, player development coach and co-founder of Up Basketball. And I'm Mike Franco, the mental skills coach with the Dallas Mavericks and Texas Legends. This week's episode, we have Anthony Bennett. A native of Canada, he finished his high school career at Finlay Prep and then went on to UNLV. He then was the number one draft pick by the Cleveland Cavaliers. I first met Anthony in 2018 when he came out to the Bay Area and spent about a month and a half out here. And I got to work with him that entire time. One thing that I saw was his determination to never give up and work hard every single day. His motor and work ethic showed me why he went number one in the NBA draft. Because this man works. We go through the transitions in his career, and the part I especially enjoyed is when he talked about his rise, starting from prep school, taking it to UNLV, and the mentality he developed in that time period. And we also get into a conversation about flow on the basketball court and what that feels like. And lastly, he lets us know when he knew he would make the jump to be a one-and-done player. So thank you for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, give a comment, and share it with a friend. I think one one important question that drives a lot of people, and I think it's it's something that it's important for everyone to have, is as a kid, who did you really? Uh, how did you get into hoop? In terms of you know, when did you start to fall in love with it? Um, growing up, um, I was in a rough neighborhood. I would say, you know, I, I went to the boys and girls club after school uh, pretty much every day because my mom was at work. Um, and then that's when the, there was a couple of players, a couple of staff members that came along and they were real big into basketball, you know, at the time. So every, every now and then we'll just play, play pickup, um, you know, outside or at the community center, you know, and it kind of starts to grow on me. You know, I was, I was getting the hang of it. People saying I was a sharpshooter at the time. This was probably like grade two, three, maybe. Nice. Early label. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... We moved out that that neighborhood, um, you know, into an area that was just developing called Brampton, and there wasn't really any uh, basketball hoops around. So I kind of stopped playing. You know, I didn't know what to do. I was just, honestly just focused on school. Um, you know, try to make my way around the neighborhood. You know, just a couple of friends, couple of neighbors. But other than that, I was a quiet kid. You know, for the most part. So. But now when everything did start to develop, that's when I started growing. And, you know, I was playing on the school teams at the time. And, you know, I think we went to a tournament. Someone, uh, Coach Wayne, Wayne Brooks, he, he pointed me out. He's like, I'd love to to see. You know, I was actually playing house league. What we have in the city is just, uh, like, different, different teams um, for, like, I guess little kids just to come in and play. You know, nothing crazy. Um, this is just a, a step under, you know, the high level, I guess, like the travel teams. I know at, at Finlay, you guys had a 
a real talented crew. Um, you know, there's, you were there with a couple of Bay area guys as well that I know. And, um, you know, they always tell stories of you and it was just like, you were just like nothing they had ever seen. I mean, Brandon said straight up, like one, they'd never seen someone just like so skilled, so big and strong. Um, and I think he said like too, also like your confidence on court was something else. You know what I mean? How did you Mm -hmm. carry yourself and, and what was your mindset like at that age, playing how did you you know approach every situation in every game uh i knew that i was gonna out jump you i knew i was gonna dunk on you if you try to jump with me so it was like i can't be stopped you know and if i was if i was left at the three-point line i can knock it down because i've been practicing a lot so it was just knowing that you can't do anything you know like I can pretty much out jump you like, to get the rebound to do like whatever. It. That's what my mentality was. Honestly, it was honestly um it, it clicked for me uh, after my first year at Finlay. And then while you were at um, at Finlay, what like if I mean you had your coach was uh, Mike Peck, right? Mike Peck, yeah. Yeah. And from what I hear from, you know, Brandon and yeah, he was a, he was an intense dude, you know, very structured, very intense. Uh, what was it like having, having someone like that, um, coach you? He pushes you to the edge for sure. Uh, and it's like, he has so much talent around him. He, he's not going to care if he, or he benches you, you know, like it's not going to hurt his feelings. It's going to hurt you at the end of the day. He made that known. So, um, just working with him, you know, just structured, you know, every morning, if the bed's not made, you got to running after school, like type stuff. And it just was just about discipline, you know? And yeah. if someone didn't make their bed, you know, it was, it was like, were you going to walk away or are you going to make it bed for them? You know, so everybody doesn't run, everybody doesn't suffer, you know? So you spent a year at UNLV and you climbed the rankings what was the point where you knew you would be a one-and-done player? When we played Cal, um, at Cal. Um, yeah, you had a massive game. That's when, yeah, because I remember um, Mike, Mike Moser, he dislocated his elbow. He tried to die for a ball. I'm like, man, we can't lose this game We're on TV. Nah. <laughs> That's when everything just kind of, you know, just, just clicked. I don't know. It wasn't a click. It was just like, we're not going to get dogs, you know, on TV. Everybody had that same mentality. It was just, you got to go out there and fight. And then I don't know what happened. Everything was just clicking for me. And then at the end, um, everybody just kept passing me the ball from the clutch moment that I didn't really miss. That's when everybody was, was talking. When you're in that flow like that, what what does that feel like to you? Honestly, I, I can't even really describe it. It's like, like invisible, invincible, I guess. Yeah, no, that's a common answer. I'm always, I'm always curious because that's really usually how it, how it is. Is when someone's in like that yeah. flow state. It's kind of like you know the Michael Jordan shrug game. It's like I don't know what's going on, but yeah, it's happening. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like you're really not missing. So it was definitely in the clutch. I think it was the last three minutes, last two minutes. Um, we just kept training baskets, but it was me 
then them, me, then them, me, then them. It was for like the last two minutes, if I remember correctly. And then the, um, the last minute of the game, I did a pump fake at the three, drove baseline, and then dunked on the dude. That's when I was like, okay, we got this game. We got to get it. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know how we even got that game. Um, the, 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 whole, like, the whole last play was all messed up. Someone took the shot and I wasn't supposed to and missed bad, but it just happened to land right into um, another player's hand. And we just went up right there. Went up for the two. We won one by one, actually. Yeah. And you had 25 and 13. I mean, efficient game. Just like, yeah, no, your presence was, your presence was felt. Mm -hmm. No, definitely was a fun time. Yeah. So now, like, having that in your mind that you could go do it, right? Like, you, you could be one and done. What was that process like as you, you entered the pre-draft uh, process? Um, so I didn't actually even do any workouts because I had to get surgery on my rotator cuff, my left one. Um, I was probably working out for two weeks, three weeks. But it was just very painful every time I try to shoot the ball or try to get a rebound or something. So I ended up getting surgery and didn't do combine. Um, did interviews, uh, but no workouts. And the first time I actually played was, I guess, training camp. Yeah. Like up until this point. Um, you know, a lot of the time, like you could out jump everybody, right? You could, mm -hmm. you could, you could shoot it. Um, you still have all these assets, but like the thing that I always talk about with guys with the NBA is like, this is the 1%, right? This is where mm -hmm. everybody is kind of like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, it's, for sure. it's like, you know, one, if you're an elite athlete, you're around a bunch of other elite athletes. And if they're not an elite athlete, mm -hmm. they're elite at something else, you know? Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. it's an interesting space to kind of be in now and see that level of athlete. What was that like for you? Um, you know, at the time I knew I could bang with, with everybody, you know, it was, um, definitely had good practices. Definitely had bad practices, but at the same time, I was playing what? Um, I think when I first started, I think I was like 260. I was 20, 20 pounds over playing weight, usually. Um, so everything just felt slow for me. You know, I wasn't really jumping as high, but I was still jumping high. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't as high. You know, I wasn't as quick. So, and then that whole year, you know, you were never really healthy, right? You were always kind of banged up. And that's like something I feel like nobody really knows is like you were coming off a, a surgery going straight into the year. Um, and it's, it's, it's different when you're the number one pick, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's a, it's a different lens that everyone's viewing you through. You go any other number, in my opinion, like it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> like mm -hmm. yeah, they, they look at it time. differently. Yeah. yeah. So what was that? What was that like? And how'd you deal with that? I was young. So, uh, same time I was just leaning on what my agent was telling me and 
not even my agent, but what the team was telling me. Because um, I knew I couldn't play, but at the same time, it was like, I couldn't do anything. So whatever they was telling me to do, I was doing it. So I was 260 um, going into that year. And they wanted me, I mean, it's pretty normal, but they wanted me to work out before practice, after, before pregame. And then I think wait after. Um, it was just a heavy schedule just to try and drop weight. Um, mm-hmm. I remember they wanted me to do it at one one certain time. I forgot what, but it happened. I, I dropped, what, 15 pounds in probably 10 days, eight days or so. And then probably a week, two weeks after that, my knee started to bug me. And then I didn't end up playing until the end of the year. So it was just, I wouldn't say hard work and heavy loading, I should say, but it was just, I should have, I shouldn't have been playing at that time. You know, I was 260. Um, you know, once my shoulder was right, that's when um, I can get back into playing weight. But it was just, I, I felt like for me thinking back on it now, it was just, okay, his shoulder's ready. Okay, yeah, and see what he can do. You know, um, after I'd even work out the whole summer, it would have been smart to hold back. That year, going into games, did your mindset change? Because now you're like, like you said, you're, you got some things going on. You're a little bit heavier. Or were you still able to kind of keep your mind clear once you got on court? Or was it just a little bit harder in those situations? Like, how how was that for you? Um, I felt like I had a clear mind, but... You know, just once I actually went out to the court and actually tried to do it, and you know, I just you just feel slow. It just feels sluggish, and um, I, I, I'm pretty sure that, like, knowing what I know now, like that's what it was. Like I was, was too slow my first year playing at 260. I couldn't really jump my highest. You know, um, out of breath. I remember. I definitely had that time to actually recover, you know, and go out there, you know, do what I can do for therapy and then try to lose weight after and then, you know, try to build and not try to compile everything on top of each other. I felt like that was my, my biggest thing, my first year. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's a, yeah, like you said, like, it seems like everyone kind of figured it out now, like kind of right after that was when basically all these guys took the red shirt year, right? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> so it's, sure. Yeah, like it's just one of those things. Like it, it wasn't quite known yet. Um, mm-hmm. So coming through all that, like that year, you got you know a lot of slander, honestly, because people expected one thing as soon as you come number one. Um, was it? How did you deal with all that? Did you block it out? Did, were you off social media? Like, what was like, how did you deal with things? Um, I wasn't really like, too big of a social media person. So um, anything, you know, that was being said or being sent around social media, I didn't really I didn't see, you know, unless um, 
you know, the fans at the games or, you know, whatever at the games will, will show me or, or say, you know, that's the only thing I'll hear. But, um, you know, my, my years in basketball, you just block it out, you know. So I just kept going, kept pushing. I knew what I was putting at work. Um, you know, every, every day was another day of me getting better. It wasn't like I was, you know, just chilling, sitting down, you know, um, not doing anything to better myself, you know. It was like I know what I'm doing. I know it's going to take some time, and I know where I want to end up. But, you know, it's how much work I'm going to put in, and I knew I was, so I felt like I was good. Was there any ever time that you felt a certain type of pressure you're putting on yourself now? And and the reason I'm asking you this is is there's a lot of a common trend I'm seeing is guys, especially in their first year, feel like they have to prove everything right away. Um, and I was wondering if you ever had those kind of feelings come in in your first year. No, nah, honestly, um, I felt like, you know, I was actually going to have some time, you know, to, to prove myself. But um, I guess it was after summer league, that's when, you know, they had that trade for LeBron. So everything happened fast. So uh, that's when I would say things, I wouldn't say things clicked, but made me realize like this is a, a business. Like that whole first year, I can tell you so much, but you know what I mean? It was just a crazy year, I'll say, for, for me being a basketball player, like from, you know, house league to rep to, you know, prep school to AAU to college to whatever. This, this was like probably, you can see it was just more, business obviously they're giving millions away they're supposed to be millions but you can just see it just cut through you know and that's when i i, I picked up i'm like oh shoot all right you know what i mean time to to really get this going you know kind of let this happen again i felt like I, I think that's when i kind of put the pressure on me when i got traded to, to minnesota and and what does that feel like you know just just describing that pressure are you are you coming in every day just I don't know what is what is the mindset now. Honestly, it's just I was already coming in every day. You know, I was already getting in the extra work. Um, it was just I guess the mindset was just playing the game. You know, off court. You know, you know how you're saying I'm quiet. You know, I'm to myself. You know, it's like they think I don't like anybody. You know. So, it's easy, easy to be misunderstood. Yeah. So for me, it was like saying hello, you know, saying, you know, I'm obviously polite, you know, if you talk about, we'll, we'll hold a conversation, but it wasn't, it wasn't always me to start conversation. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what kind of got me on my show. And that's what made me start doing it more. Um, I wouldn't say it's a big thing, but, you know, it, it helped me. I'll definitely say that. Come on my show, too. Yeah. What was it like and like, going from Cleveland to Minnesota uh, from a team standpoint? Like, what was the atmosphere like for you in, in Minnesota? 
um, you know, it's a, it's, you thought you were going to be with one crew of guys and, you know, start, like you said, you thought you had time there and then boom, here you are and you're in mm-hmm. Minnesota and it's a whole new look for you. What's that like? Um, it was, don't get me wrong. Like I have fun in Cleveland, you know, my, my time there with the guys there, you know, was definitely amazing, but you know, it was here in Minnesota. I just felt you can tell it was more of a team, you know, there was obviously the young core guys and then the older group, the older vets, but everybody got along, you know, it wasn't like they had their clicks and everybody had, you know, spots on the plane. And, you know, that's, that's the little group that they're talking, talking to, you know, everybody got along, everybody was playing, you know, um, playing jokes with each other, I would say, or, you know, there was an event going on, you know, the word will get around. It was, it just felt more of a team thing. That's when, you know, I I started coming out my show and, you know, started, people started seeing me for being me, you know, and I felt like Minnesota year was, was, I will say it was definitely my, like a makeup year. I was, I was playing nice. Um, it was just until, um, I think after All Star break, I got hurt. Someone uh, forgot who dove on my knee, or not dove on my ankle. ankle. Yeah, yeah, and I had like a high ankle sprain. But I was starting. That was my first start. So you you finally felt like you were starting to you know find your way a little bit, figure it out, um, and then you end up getting waved by the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I think I actually got a buy. Uh, oh, buyout! Yeah, yeah, buyout. contract buyout. Yeah, yeah, they bought After you a out. buyout. Yeah, and then that's when I went to the Raptors. So what was it like there? Kind of back home, right? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was definitely <laughs> an experience. Um, you know, I was. That's the thing. Uh, being back home at that time, I don't think it was a good move. But I knew what it was. I started to do my job. Um, you know, I was still, you know, going to work. But I still could have been professional more about it. You know, just being at home. Um, you know, and one thing, that's what uh, Scola was, was doing there, uh, being there. I mean, from Louis Scola being yeah. there, that's what he, he, he taught me. You know, it was just is can't be late. You just always got to, you know, stick to the plan. You just got to play the game. That's why I say this again, just play the game. He kind of installed, installed that in me. Yeah. Is there a piece of advice that really stuck out to you where it, it was an eye-opener that he told you that you kind of take with yourself today or try to pass on to others? It wasn't even anything that he told me. It was the things that he did, you know? Um you know, on the plane, you always see him reading. Um, you know, when you go to practice, you know, you always see him there on the table, you know, getting, you know, worked on. Um, you know, or I see him in the weight room, you know, getting worked in, or I see him on the court, you know, he's always there way before everybody. It was just, he knew he had to give himself time to get ready, you know, um, being the older vet that he is. Um, 
you know, so he made his, his plans accordingly. And he was never on, he was never uh, late, you know, he was never rude. Um, every time I asked to work out with him, he said, yeah, you know, I'll join. Um, you know, it was just, a, I never had a vet like that, you know, but the teams in the past, like he was an older guy, but at the same time, he was willing to teach you the game. He was willing to teach you more than the game, you know, outside of basketball. He was teaching me about stocks. He was teaching me about owning a farm. It was everything, everything you can think of. Like, it was just, it wasn't even about basketball that made me realize, like, okay, this is, like, he's the real deal. You know, it was just simple conversations throughout the year. Yeah, that's big because it's funny because we're we're around the team so much, right? You're you're with these dudes every day, staff included, Mm -hmm. and you really sometimes, as especially young, you you lean on people like that. They'll come to you. You can almost become a product of your environment, Mm -hmm. especially as you're younger. You know, you pick up habits, good habits or bad habits, and yeah, it's it's really important. I, I'm with you 100% on that because you can learn so much by just watching someone who not necessarily was a superstar, but someone who just carved out a role and and lasted a long time in the league and just like he's just, it's, you know, the guy always, always seems to be in the right spot. Consistent. It wasn't, yeah, sorry to cut you off. It wasn't like he was jumping yeah. out the gym. It's not like he's, you know, super fat. You know, he's just the right spot, right time, like you're saying, and just one step ahead right. of you. You know, and, and that's what what opened my eyes. Like, you don't have to be what they're saying to be to dominate in this game. What you said I think is spot on is is you don't have to be always what they're saying you have to be. And that's really powerful. I think it's a powerful mm-hmm. line and because you have to also, as a player, learn who you are. And Eric Snow is on our staff mm-hmm. with the Texas Legends, and he he tells a great he has a great saying. It's you know this is a guy who's 13 years in the NBA, I think at least, and, and he says you are the mm-hmm. CEO of your own company, and he tells it to all of our rookies and other guys, and mm-hmm. and it's what you do every day is your business, and mm-hmm. it kind of sounds like Scola was that guy in some sense, at least through his actions for you too. Yeah, no, he's very knowledgeable. I'll say that he's. Definitely opened my eyes. And the good thing about it is I had him for two years. It wasn't only at uh, the Raptors. He was in Brooklyn as well. So it, that's when I definitely matured quick. Mm-hmm. And and I'm curious, you know, just in being that, he, he you could tell he's his own guy and his own person. And is there anything that you picked up in that time that helped you, I guess, discover yourself a little bit more? He was, he was just always saying, just have a schedule, have a plan. Um you know, know what you're you're doing. Um, plan out your day, I guess. Um, so we always have so much time. So he was always saying, you know, always have to be laying down, watching Netflix. You know, um, definitely uh, use this time, or use whatever time that you have to improve uh, whatever you have. So definitely uh, scheduling. Uh, I took away. Took, uh, took away from Scola. Because mm-hmm. when we're young, it's so easy. I mean, especially as a young, 
you know, successful basketball player, it's easy to just show up and hoop because that's yeah. that's what you've done, and it's what you got. It's what you got you there, also. For real, you know, it's like here yeah, you have so much time. Just got to show up and hoop. You have nothing else to do, <laughs> you know. So you just got to use that time wisely. That's what I started learning from him. Up to this point in your life, what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself? I ain't a quitter. I'll tell you that. Um, no matter what it is, I'll find a way, um, you know, to to prove myself, I guess. Definitely with the, the time that I, I've spent in the league, I, I've learned a lot. And, you know, just adding it to my game now, I just feel like, you know, it's only a matter of time, you know. I'm, I'm a smart player. I'm not... You know, selfish. I, I play for the team. I, uh, I'm down to do anything, honestly. You know, um, but I'm just not a quitter. You know, I'm not just gonna put everything to the side and be like, oh, people are writing me off or so and so says this. I know at the time, um, reporters saying that I wasn't able to do whatever. You know, I just took that and then I ran with it. I was like, all right, it is cool. You know. Didn't let that get to me, and then just turn anybody down. You know, always took on the challenge. When we met, that's what I saw. Is like you don't you don't back down from any challenge, and and you want to be great. You know what I mean? Like you're working towards something, um, and -hmm. to see that hunger in you, you know what I mean? Like before we met, I'm trying to see. Like I'm watching film, I'm watching stuff, and you know, you see a talented dude. You see a dude who has game, who's just kind of been a little bit misunderstood i would say you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so i guess I you know for sure no I, that's that was the thing i was most impressed with because one you're also you're a quiet individual right yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you weren't you, you weren't coming out of your shell right away with me it took a minute to get you to kind of open up and uh mm-hmm. you know that's what a good workout could do It'll get you moving you know get you talking right. a little bit and then there we were so power of basketball for real Right. So like one thing that I think is is big is, you know, everybody, uh, everybody puts labels on everybody. I mean, it's just what we do. We judge people. Right. Like it's it's human nature. Um, we see somebody and we build up a perception of who they are. When you went number one, it put you in a certain label. Right. Um, fairly or unfairly, right? It just puts you in into a certain category. How do you deal with that still, right? Because it's not like it; it's never leaving. It's just kind of here. I mean, I just do that. I wouldn't say use it. I just go out there and play. Honestly, um, you know, I, I know the guys on the team or whatever team I'm on. Um, you know, know that as well. So. I'm very knowledgeable, as you can tell. So um, I'm trying to help them. You know, it was just me being me. I want to help, you know, help for the better and help early, you know. And I don't want to wait till the last second or seeing some shit happen where I'm telling them now where it's, it could have been prevented, you know. Yeah. So um, I guess I'm just trying to spread knowledge how else would you describe yourself? Cause I feel like, you know, we could look you up and we're going to hear all sorts of things about you, but how would you describe yourself personally? 
I'm a competitor. I'll do whatever it takes uh, to get the job done. I don't think a lot of people know that. Um, I realize that because of the situations I've been in. But um, the past couple of years, you know, even in the G League, is like I took on that role like uh, I guess a veteran in the game. Mm-hmm. So anything I can do, anything I can help with. You know, even if it's little, I'm doing it, you know. Um, and I feel like that is always been always been me, you know, from jump. You know, even when I started playing the game, uh, even when I was learning, it was just whatever it took, um, whatever you guys tell me to do, you know, I'll do it to my best of my ability, you know. If you could talk to 17-year-old you, what would you say? Just take care of your body. Honestly, um, just watch what you eat. That definitely goes a long way. Um, you know, you know, being at, I mean, obviously 17, you know, at a younger age, you're not, you know, super rich with a whole bunch of money, but you can't be eating McDonald's every day, you know, and especially on those AAU trips. I couldn't tell you how many times I had McDonald's throughout the weekend, you know, so, mm-hmm. and I couldn't even tell you that that must be bad for the body, you know, and it only makes sense why. I feel like, speaking for me, I was getting hurt a lot, you know? And it was just like weird things that just randomly came up too at, um, sometimes. You know, I, finally, I found, I felt like it was what I was putting in and me not taking care of my body at the same time, you know, did a load on me. No, that's big advice. I don't think people realize, especially younger kids, they don't realize how important nutrition is. I mean, I think it's becoming more, more known, right? There's just mm-hmm. more people out there sharing good information and good knowledge. But you, you think back and, you know, maybe you had a coach telling you, but you didn't know why. Or it's hard to listen sometimes to those people, right? <laughs> right. For sure. Yeah. What, uh, what are you most proud of to date in your, in your life? Uh, I guess being a father, um, didn't think it was going to happen so soon, but once it happened, you know, it hit quick, but definitely changed my life. Definitely leveled me out, you know, and I feel like everything's just been going uphill since. Anything else you want to share that we haven't asked you? Shout out BA and (laughs) BA, Brandon Ashley and Dominic Artis, my guys. Some Bay love right there. Uh, oh, you know, I have to drop them. I really appreciate Anthony being vulnerable with us and sharing some of his stories and advice on his journey. And everyone's level and circumstances are different, but there's always going to be labels about you as a player and as a coach. Some of them you're going to like, some of the labels you're not going to like. But you just take that all in, run your own race, and like Anthony said, try to find that person that's going to help model the way for you and show you the path to success in life and in whatever sport you play. It's easy for a lot of people to write Anthony Bennett off because what they saw on the surface level. Knowing this man, speaking to this man and hearing his story, seeing what he's already overcome in his life. He shows up every day trying to become the best he can be and always working hard. Not many people can do that every single day. He's battled injuries. He's never lost his faith in himself. And that's something that truly impresses me and is why I'm always going to be a fan and root for Anthony Bennett. If you like this episode, please remember to subscribe, download, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Thank you for listening. 
Our show is produced by Ellie Lieberman and Bianca Turner. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mental Buckets, at UPB Training, and at Pat Turn with three T's. Special thank you to Bennett Christensen for the beat and sound engineering.